G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You'd think that the more money you have, the easier it is to give some of it away. Turns out, though, that for many, that just isn't true. The more we have, the more we're seduced into wanting to hang on to it, and then, in fact, the more it hangs on to us. It's a tyranny, a tyranny that we need to walk away from. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to a different perspective. This man I started telling you about, well, he's a guy who I really relate to. Pretty wealthy as it turns out, and he stumbles, as it were, across Jesus' path. And as the conversation develops, we discover that it's all about the man's money. Well, not so much about the money itself, but the tender cord of flesh that runs between his heart and his wallet. This piece of flesh that, in my experience, is one of the most tender of all in our makeup, sensitive, touchy, one that many people protect at all costs. Yesterday on the program, we met a widow, a nobody who, as it turns out, had an incredibly generous heart. Have a listen again in case you missed her story. Luke chapter 21 in the New Testament. Jesus looked up and saw a whole bunch of rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. But he also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. He said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the rest of them, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. Powerful stuff. Here was a woman whose faith had given her mastery over her wallet. As little as she had, she was able to give it in faith. And I know beyond any shadow of any doubt that this humble, nameless, poor little nobody amongst men was in truth an absolute giant. Now let's meet another man at completely the other end of the socioeconomic spectrum. He also bumps across Jesus' path and he has a question about good deeds. He says, look, what do I have to do to be good? I don't murder people, I don't steal, I don't lie, I honour my father and my mother, I look after my neighbours. Is there anything else that I need to do? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. So here's this rather wealthy young man who, he's a pretty good fellow, doing all the right things, and yet for some reason he's still troubled. This law-abiding man doing everything right apparently is so troubled that he feels the need to go and ask Jesus, what else do I have to do? Now, this is not an uncommon experience for any of us. Have you ever looked at your life and thought, you know, I'm not such a bad person. I I do mostly the right things, but, you know, something's missing. Something isn't quite right. We've all had that, right? It's often a symptom that something isn't quite right. It's just that we can't quite put our fingers on it. We look in the mirror, but we can't see it. We need to take it to someone else, someone with wisdom and insight, someone who's not quite as close to the problem as we are. 
And that's exactly what was going on here. So Jesus gets him to tick off some of the top ten commandments in the Jewish law, as it was back then. Murder? Nah, all good there. Stealing? No, I'm fine there too. Lying? No, not really. Through the list, all okay. Tick, tick, tick. But then Jesus puts his finger right on that sensitive bit of flesh that I was talking about earlier, that, that bit that runs from our hearts to our wallets. And it turns out that this young man's problem is all about his priorities. As good as he's trying to be, what he's doing is hanging on to his wealth for himself. In other words, I'm prepared to do good so long as it doesn't involve my wallet. I'm prepared to be a fine chap so long as you don't talk about how much money I have in my bank account or the opulence of my lifestyle. The problem wasn't that the guy had money. Lots of people have money. In fact, in the Bible, there are quite a number and they're not told to give it all away. King Solomon of Israel was one of the richest men that ever lived on this earth. And God never said to Solomon, Hey, Sol, listen, all that money, all that wealth that you've amassed, um, it's wrong. And you shouldn't have any of it, so give it away. No, that's not what happened. So why did Jesus say that to this young man on this day? Why now? Why this man? Here's the answer. Because the love of money, see, that's the key. Not the money itself, but this man's love of his money was the most important thing to him. Remember the scripture that we looked at last week from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from their faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Can I tell you, there was a time when I was that rich young man, a couple of decades ago now, but I remember it as though it was yesterday. And I can tell you that amassing large sums of money was absolutely at the top of my priority list. And as long as it was, I couldn't do good things for other people. Well, I could, so long as it didn't involve diminishing my bank balance. Or, God forbid, selling my car and maybe buying a smaller one and using that money to help someone else, someone in need. That would have been enough money to feed, gee, three needy families for a year. And so strong is the grip that wealth has on your heart when you're like that, that you become completely oblivious to the desperate needs around you. Can you see what a terrible thing that is? It's just awful. I was talking with a 91-year-old woman the other day who'd known me as a child. I told her how I was working hard, and she said to me, Bernie, you know, money can't buy you everything. Then I told her what I do, that I no longer labour to earn lots of money, but I labour to produce these radio programs and hopefully to make a difference in the lives of many people. And a warm smile of satisfaction came over her face. There was a joy for her in knowing that I'd learned that lesson in life. My only regret is that it took me such a long time to learn. Freedom from the tyranny of the desire for wealth, I have to tell you, is one of the greatest freedoms of all. That's why I feel so sorry for that young man. I ache for him because he missed out in the end. I've had some angry and vitriolic outbursts from people when I've talked about this, outbursts that spring out of that tender, sensitive flesh that connects their hearts to their wallets. How dare you tell me I have to give my money away? How dare you? Well, it's not me. It's Jesus because he wants our hearts. He wants to see our lives changed. He wants us loving and honouring and serving the God of heaven before all other things that we would have no gods before him. 
And look at how Jesus interprets this event for his disciples. Look at what he says about the reward that comes from laying down our wealth at his feet. Straight after this sad young man wanders off, Peter the Apostle has something to say. Look, we have left everything to follow you. What what then will we have? And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man is seated on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or child or fields for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first today will be last, but those who are last will be first. The reward for those who sacrifice their lives, including their wealth, for God is a hundredfold. It's eternal. It's inconceivable. Those who take their wealth to make themselves first today will ultimately be last. But those who, like the widow, are prepared to be last today, they will be first. Friend, this is the word of God. It's better to be the widow who gave her all than the sad young man who one day would lose everything. Hey, social media is a great way to stay connected to your friends and the world around you. And we'd like to invite you to be part of the Christianity Works community. The Christianity Works community is full of daily thoughts and devotions and inspirations. So no matter what kind of day you're having, you can be encouraged. If you're on Facebook, search for the Christianity Works page and like us. When you do, you'll see some encouragement from your friends and community at Christianity Works, including free booklet downloads from time to time. But more than that, it's a library of thoughts and verses that you can share with your friends and family. So we'll be sharing God's Word together. It's a great way to share the good news of Jesus amongst all the chaos. Amen. So like Christianity Works on Facebook, be encouraged and blessed, and share some of that with your friends as well. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.